the Rebbe began giving a series of Kabrengans uh, discussing the uh, discussing the Rashi. There's interesting notes um, in the Rebbe's edited uh, talks where he says that the talks he gave in that year, if I remember correctly, don't follow the same pattern in later years. The, the, these talks are are more um, uh, focused on the on the lesson and the inner dimension of Rashi, um, as opposed to the later talks, which also discuss the inner dimension of Rashi, but uh, maybe the right word is they follow more of a, a, a the system of the of the exoteric part of Rashi. Um, in these in these talks, there's more of a focus on the inner dimension of Rashi. Maybe that maybe that's a way of, of classifying it. Either way. Um, I want to learn a, this, this, this a very powerful idea from this uh, from Rangan, uh, which is very relevant to the time that we're in right now after uh, the holiday season and people go back to, as we were discussing yesterday, the great waters of the natural concerns and things in this world. So there's a famous teaching of Al Shantav about this. Al Shantav says when there are great waters, when there's a flood out there, when, when it's cloudy and it's raining in your life, what should you do? Al Shantav says that just like God told Noah, to go into the ark, so too God tells each of us to go into the words of prayer, the words of Torah. Uh, not just to say the words of Torah, not just to say the words of prayer, but to go into them. Uh, going into them uh, means first and foremost that you believe in what you're doing, you believe in who you're talking to, and you're really invested, you're really concentrating, and you really... I guess going into the words of prayer means that when you dab and you want to go somewhere, Right, you want to you want to go you want to go and you want to be with Hashem. Um, the Baal Shem Tov said that every single Jew reaches the highest level of the Vekos. Vekos is a word that's used for the spiritual ecstasy of Sadiqim. They achieve the Vekos, achieve a, a deep attachment to Hashem. So um, Baal Shem Tov said that's not something which is relevant only to Sadiqim. Rather, every Jew is capable of achieving that kind of closeness, and everyone does achieve that closeness when they pray. If they pray with Vekos, with, with this sense of attachment, and just like God promised Noah that um, you and your children and your uh, wives and your children, all the animals will be saved by going into the boat, so the Vashantav says that every Jew, by entering into the words of Davening, you will be, this will bring protection not only to yourself, but to your family, not just to your family, but to everything in your life, all the, all the animals, which means also the, the finances and all the, the physical things in your life. So the question is, who needs the boat? Right? Noah, he clearly was dealing with a flood in the world, so he had nowhere else to go. But who of us really needs to go into that boat? And when do we need to go in the boat? When, is, when are the waters raging enough for each of us to consider entering into the words of Torah and prayer? When do we need to do this? So to explain this, the Rebbe begins by saying like this, Our Rebbeim call Rashi the wine of Torah. It's called the wine Torah because it has the secrets in the Torah. Now, ordinarily, Rashi is not associated with the secret of the Torah. Rashi is associated with the simple meaning of the Torah. As Rashi says, as soon as he begins his explanation, I am just trying to explain things simply. But the thing is that Hashem made the world in a funny way. You know, there's four worlds and there's four levels of Torah interpretation. The highest world is the world of Atsilus. Hasidus compares the world of Atsilus to a king being in his own private room. There's no one else there, just the king. So to the world of Atsilus, is a zone where there's just a revelation 
of Hashem and nothing besides him. And then there's the way Hashem contracts his life to be, so to speak, in the throne room with angels. And then there are angels, that's about the Bria. And there's a lower world where the angels are analogous to people who have been in a state of reverence and intimacy with the king in the throne room, and then they leave the throne room. That's what the Yitzira, the lower level of Ghanim, the lower level of heaven. Then there are people at the far edges of the country who have barely heard about the king. They don't know anything uh, about the king, just they know there is a king. And that is compared to this world, the world of Asiya. So these four worlds, the farthest gap is between this world and the highest world, right? This world is very far within the highest world. However, this world actually has a connection directly to the highest world. It's in this world that we get the highest world. It's, it's only by the soul being sent to this world that we're able to tap into the highest levels of, of, of divine light. And it's just like this is true for um, the four worlds, so too is it true in Torah. That although Rashi devotes himself to the simple meaning of the Torah, Rashi, in Rashi, there is also a counterpart, there is a spiritual meaning. And every segment of Rashi, every single part of Rashi, has a direct connection to the spiritual meaning. There's nothing in Rashi you're going to read that does not have secrets of Torah in it. Rashi himself is a tradition that Rashi fasted 613 fasts before beginning to write his explanation. Why is there a connection between the deepest secrets of the Torah and the simple meaning of the Torah? Why is there a connection between the world of Atzillus and this world? So there's a verse. The verse says, God says, uh, For the sake of my glory, I have created him, I have formed him, and I have made him. So it doesn't mention the world. Uh, it mentions only three things, creating, forming, and making. It doesn't mention the world of Atzilus, which would have been translated as I've emanated him. It doesn't doesn't mention that world, but it says I've also made him. I've created him, I've formed him, and then it says I've also made him. So Chassidus explains the word also is alluding to the highest world. Where does God allude to the highest world? He alludes to the highest world and he talks about the lowest world. And that's because Hashem imbued in us, in our activity, in the most physical, in the most earthy place in this world, that we are here able to connect to the highest world. And so to Rashi, in the simple meaning of the Torah, you have specifically the deepest secrets of the Torah. So let's go to now to the Rashi that we're going to discuss, that where we see the simple meaning, and we see also the deepest secrets of the Torah. Rashi begins by telling us that Noah was a tzaddik, the Torah says Noah was a tzaddik in his generation. So the question is, how do you translate his generation? So there is a translation, Rashi says, from our teachers, that this is meant to be a positive thing. And what's, a, what's, what's the Torah saying? Maimonides says that you are very strongly influenced by your surroundings. In fact, Maimonides says, if you have a choice, um, not if you have a choice, if you're in some environment that is not conducive to your service of God and it's challenging you, Maimonides says, move out to the desert, don't, don't, don't live where you are, go somewhere else, go to a place which is conducive, which will help you serve God in a better place. Don't be in a place that's, that, that's, that, that will challenge you. You're feeling challenged? Move, says Maimonides. So Noah didn't have an option because everyone in his generation was wicked. So when the Torah says he was a tzaddik in his generation, the first translation of this is, Noah was a tzaddik in a generation that was all wicked. What an amazing thing. Imagine being like that. Imagine being someone who's able to 
be a tzaddik despite these incredible challenges in Noah's experience. So saying he's a tzaddik in his generation is saying that despite everything around Noah, Noah still maintained his righteousness. So the Torah is highlighting how great Noah is. That's Rashi's first interpretation. Then there's a second interpretation of Rashi. Rashi is saying, pointing out to the dignity of Noah. Among uh, other Hasidim, they have a, uh, I don't remember who this is from, maybe it's from Tzvah He notes that um, Rashi, when he first gets his, says his first interpretation, says some of our rabbis say, interpret this favorably. Then Rashi gives a second explanation there and says there are some who point, say this is saying that it's meant to deprecate the virtue of Noah. So how come Rashi doesn't say there are some of our teachers? So they say, don't choose a teacher, don't learn from somebody who is pointing at the faults of people. You know who, is, who should, you should, point at, should be your teacher? You should, you should learn from those people who point out the good things in other people. That's why the first interpretation of Rashi says there are some of our rabbis, some of our teachers who say that this is a good thing. But the question is, what motivates Rashi to say something negative about Noah? The second interpretation is, Noah was a tzaddik in his generation. But boy, if he would have lived in the generation of Avram, he would have been a nothing of a nothing. He would have been nobody. Noah wasn't a tzaddik. Compared to his generation, he was a tzaddik. Uh, another aspect of the second interpretation is, Noah was a tzaddik in his generation compared to his generation. If he, he was a uh, more wishy-washy, if he would have been a tzaddik generation, then he would have been a tzaddik, not because of him, but because of everybody else. So the second interpretation is saying, even if he would have been a tzaddik in another generation, he would have been better. It wouldn't have been because of him. It would have been because of the environment. Anyway, um, so one is saying a positive. Look at him. Noach is a tzaddik in his generation. Wow. Second interpretation is, is Noach is a tzaddik in his generation, but not in anybody else's. So the question is, what is motivating Rashi to say something negative? The Saying something positive fits in with, with Rashi's um, system of looking at the simple meaning of the Torah because... Uh, the Torah is saying Noach is a tzaddik. We find that word in other places. It doesn't add the word in his generation um, in other places where the Torah mentions the word tzaddik. What's the extra word over here? So this is probably continuation that is um, uh, highlighting Zeich HaTzadav Rachat. When the tzaddik is mentioned, the Torah mentions the word tzaddik, it's to say a blessing, to say good about someone. So to say the word generation means in his generation is something positive fits right in. But to say it means something negative What's forcing Rashi to say it means something negative? Why would he say it means something negative? And another question is, everything Torah is a lesson for us, and especially, as we just mentioned, Rashi focuses on the inner dimension of Torah. The inner dimension of Torah is specifically related to our service of God. Why? Because it says in the Torah, know the God of your Father and serve Him with a complete heart. By knowing the God of your Father, by learning the inner dimension of Torah, that's supposed to bring you to have a complete heart. Knowing Hashem, learning an intervention of Torah is about a complete heart, it's about what you do. So while we're supposed to learn a lesson for everything in the Torah, the inner dimension of Torah has special relevance to us. So the question is, what are we supposed to learn from the fact that the Torah says something negative about Noah? Or in general, what is, what's the message over here? Um, it's really a bit larger question. The larger question is, why say anything negative, period? The Torah, in this Torah portion, when talking about the kosher animals, and the non-kosher animals, the Torah could have said that the pure animals and the impure animals. The Torah, as the Gemara points out, specifically adds eight letters, and the language of the Gemara is, the Torah is crooked. The Torah goes off the beaten path of Torah, 
and speaks in a crooked way in order not to say the word impure. The Torah would rather say a nenatayr, not pure, than to say the word time, which means impure. And, and the Torah does this because the Torah doesn't want to say anything negative. So why would the Torah say anything negative about Noah? There are times the Torah um, does say something negative. And that's when the Torah has to. For example, later on in Parsha Sarein, the Torah is talking about kosher animals, non-kosher animals. The Torah is not shy from saying the word impure, and that's because the Torah is saying halacha. When you're saying a halacha, you have to say clear, this is good, this is bad, don't do that. Therefore, the Torah uses the word impure later on. That's the Torah is talking halacha. Although everything in the Torah is an instruction, but when the Torah tells us a story, the instruction isn't that clear. You have to interpret the instruction from the stories of the Torah. This is a story of the Torah. We're meant to interpret it. So if the Torah wants us to interpret the story, we could also interpret the um, um, the um, we, we, there must be something about the Torah saying something negative about Noah in a crooked way, in, a, in, in, in a hinting to it by saying he was a tzad in his generation that must have some importance to us and therefore the Torah couldn't have um, said this in a positive way. The Torah is, is saying to us something negative about him, albeit not clearly, it's hinting to it, but the Torah is, is hinting to something negative about him in order to drive a point home that you and I need to learn. So the question is, what is the message that we're supposed to learn from this and why is it so important to know something bad about Noah? And the answer is like this. What do we say? We said the message of the story of Noah is to understand that we need to go into the boat. We need to go into the words of Torah, words of prayer. The question is, again, at what point do you go in? When is it time for you to go in? So there's a general principle. It goes like this. Everything that we learn in the Torah is, is instruction for every place and every time and every person. In every situation that you're in, Torah is meant for you. Just like God made the world in a way that he made it Adam by himself, he made Adam alone. Why did he make Adam alone? He made Adam alone because he wants all of us to feel the truth that each of us is the purpose of the entire world. Kol The whole world is created from... And since the whole world... I'm, I'm, I'm on the page of the in the first paragraph over there. Thank you. Since the whole world was created for the sake of Torah. So if the world was created for me, right? And the world was created for the sake of Torah... That means there must be something in the, the every part of Torah which has to do with me and my world. The, the world was created for my sake, and the world was created for the sake of Torah. So there's something in the Torah which has to do with me. Just like when God gave us the Torah, He said, I am the Lord, your God in the singular. Why do you say in the singular? Because everything the Torah is meant to be for each of us personal. It is a lesson for us personal. So the Jew may say, okay, by, by the way, I just want to mention one point about this. A very fascinating thing that I mentioned parenthetically. Um, it's similar to what Chesed says in other places. It says that um, the Gemara talks about the greatness of Rabbi Chinim and Daisa. Where it says the whole world is nourished in the merit of Rabbi Chinim and Daisa. So the word Bishvil, which means for the sake of Rabbi Chinim and Daisa, also means in the path. In other words, in the divine channel that God opens for the sake of Rabbi Chinim and Daisa, that channel is where everything else gets its nourishment from. In a similar way, when we see that Torah was created for the sake of the world, uh, the world was created for the sake of Torah, that means that in the channel 
that God opens for Torah, that's what the world gets its nourishment from. The world exists because of Torah. It's not just, you know, it's not just like A and B. I only make A for the sake of B. Let me buy the baseball cards to get the gum. It's something else. The divine energy of Torah is the divine energy of the world. The world gets its nourishment from Torah. The world was created for the sake of Torah. Where is there a world? The world is in the divine channel of Torah. And so each of us has, the world is created for each of us, and therefore the message of Torah has relevance and is directly about each of us. So, question is, why must I go into the boat? I am not a tzaddik. Noach was a tzaddik, and he went into the boat. That was great for him. That's good for tzaddikim. Who says I am meant to go into a boat? I have my own treacherous waters in my life. I have my own financial concerns. I have my own worries. And I aren't able to get into that boat. Noach was able to go into the boat. Because Noach was a tzaddik. That's what you might think. And that's where the Torah tells us how terrible Noach was, according to the second interpretation. That Noach wasn't anything special. You, the Torah wants to tell you that Noach wasn't a tzaddik. He was a tzaddik in his generation. In another generation, he would have been a nothing. And that level of tzaddik is something that is relevant to all of us. And since that kind of tzaddik is something we all could, could be, a tzaddik, a, a lousy tzaddik, <laughs> since, be the, the, since the lousy level of tzaddik is something that is more relevant to us, um, as we shall see what that means soon. Therefore, um, we can learn from Noah's instruction, the God's instruction of Noah to go into the boat. Don't say you can't get into the boat. That's the instruction number one. Don't say you can't get into the boat because you're not a tzaddik. On the contrary, the kind of tzaddik Noah was wasn't anything that's different than you are, and therefore God's instruction to Noah is something that you could do to him. Rashi says two explanations. He says that one meaning is Noah was a great tzaddik. Another explanation is that Noah was not such a tzaddik. He was a lousy tzaddik. Why need two interpretations? Because there are two kinds of Jews. There are some Jews who say, you know what? I don't need the boat. I don't need to go immerse myself in words of prayer, words of Torah. I don't even see the treacherous water so much. I don't need the boat right now. Let other people who are going through a financial hardship use the boat. I don't need the boat. In fact, the Torah says that the Torah scholars aren't affected by the fire of hell. The words the Torah uses, the Gemara uses when discussing the um, fire of hell uh, is a student of a Chacham. In the Talmud, there is the general term for Torah scholars, a student of a wise man. So if I'm a student of a wise man, fire of hell can't touch me. That's a fire of hell. Imagine the, the treacherous waters of uh, this world certainly can't touch me. That's a, if I'm only a student of a wise man. Imagine if I am the wise man. I'm not just a student of the wise man. The Gemara is talking about I'm someone who has no connection to anything foolish. I have a level-headed thinking. I have a mind like water. I know exactly where I am, exactly where I'm meant to go. Financial concerns, ha! I could do it. So the Torah says, you should know, there was a man named Noah, and he was a lot greater than you are. He was a tzaddik in his generation. He was someone who wasn't affected by the world around him. And you know what God told him? God said to him, you, Noah, you've got to go into this boat. And so too, no matter how great you are, you need the boat. That's lesson number one. Then there is lesson for most people. Most people don't have that problem. Most people don't think that, they're, that they are that level of tzaddik. Most, most people think that they're not such a tzaddik. Or they, they should think that way. Because most people aren't at that level of, of, of the Torah describing. So there's a second lesson, and therefore Rashi underscores, Rashi says something negative about him. You know Noah wasn't such a tzaddik. He was a tzaddik in his generation. When we say tzaddik, we mean a borrowed term. 
It's not like the, the scientific laboratory of Hasidic term and Tanya of a tzaddik, a perfect tzaddik, who has gotten rid of the Yitzhahara, has nothing bad in him, he's no vestige of any attraction to the, anything negative. No, no, no. We're not talking about that kind of tzaddik. We're talking about the thing that God told you. God told each of us individually before we were born, I, I, I am making you swear to be a tzaddik and not to be a Russian. Don't be a bad guy. Do the right thing. You're able to do the right thing. Everyone's able to do the right thing. So Noah was someone who, who was, did the right thing, and that's something that everyone could do. Everyone could do the right thing. If, if you couldn't do the right thing, then uh, Hashem wouldn't put you in this world. Hashem put you in this world because, let's say this, the word tzaddik means the guy could do the right thing. As long as you're the guy who can do the right thing, then Hashem tells you, I have, I, I, have, I have a message for you. The message is that you need to go into the boat. And you can go into the boat. And that adds another point, a very fascinating point. Noah was a tzaddik in his generation, right? Compared to his generation. Look at you, learning this talk of the Rebbe, and compared to your generation. Most people in the world aren't even Jewish. And most Jews don't know about the instruction from Noah and Rashi and everything like that. The fact that you're learning a Rashi, and you're learning interpretation of Rashi, what has to do with you and your life and all that stuff, that means that you're way up there. You are certainly, on, 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 compared to most people in your, in your generation, you're way up there. And therefore, just like Noah, he was instructed by God to go into the boat and to save himself from the treacherous waters. And he was able to do this. And not just that he saved himself, he saved the whole world. As the Torah says, you will go in the boat, and your children, and your wife, and your children's wives. And more, animals will be saved. As the Torah says, that all the animals were saved as well. So too, every Jew has the ability, despite the fact that there's treacherous waters, you could save yourself, you could save the world. As Maimonides says, that by doing one good action, you could tip the scale and bring yourself on the whole world to the side of merit. And just like Noah, as a result of what he did, there was a new world. So too, every single Jew has the ability to make a new world. So, in short, what we today is like this. Noah was a tzaddik in his generation. And there were two interpretations. He was a tzaddik in his generation. He was a tzaddik in comparison to everybody else. But every, in another generation, he wouldn't have been anything special. He would have been lousy. That's one interpretation. Second interpretation is Noah was a tzaddik even in his generation. Look at him. Wow, what an amazing level he reached. He didn't ignore everybody in his times. He was, he was able to, to um, resist the peer pressure of his generation. Why do we need to know about two interpretations of Noah? Because we also may have two different kinds of um, voices in us that say things that we shouldn't pay attention to. One thing is, if God tells you to go into the words of Torah and prayer, you may say to yourself, well, I would need to do that if I wasn't such a tzaddik, if I wasn't, so doing, wasn't doing so well at what I'm doing. Therefore, Torah says, even if you're like Noah, it's tzaddik in his generation, someone's able, to, someone's able to, re- to reject all the peer pressure, do the right thing. You still need to get in that boat. Number, you need to go into the words of Torah, words of prayer, as the Shantan says. And instruction number two, which is relevant to most of us most of the time, which is, I'm not such a tzaddik. How am I going to get in that boat? How in the world am I supposed to immerse myself in the words of prayer and protect myself from the treacherous waters? I got treacherous waters that he didn't have. I'm not a tzaddik he was. What are you talking about? So the Torah says, he wasn't such a great tzaddik. He was not compared to his generation. So were you. You are a lot better than most people in your, in your world. You're Jewish, number one. Besides being Jewish, you know about Noah. You know about the Rebbe. You know the talk of the Rebbe. You are you're miles, you're light years ahead of most people in your generation. And therefore, the Torah says, when the Lashem says, you got to get in that boat, he's talking to you. you got to get in the boat. And the treacherous waters, yes, but you are able to reach the highest level of attachment to Hashem by 
Okay, I shouldn't say those words. Those words are, are, are make you think that I'm talking about some high level. No, you're able to daven and put yourself into the words of daven and protect yourself from the treacherous waters and be protected, you and your family and everything in your life and to change the world. All right, that's one to share. Any questions, comments, or criticism? All right. A great day, Rabbi Zebra, Beryl, David, Nachem Chaim Peretz. Good Chaydish. I pray for Chaydish. Yes. I can't wait for your interpretation.